Welcome to the Helping Hands podcast with me, Gail Louise Turner. On this podcast, I will be chatting to inspirational people and I will be finding out about their life story, their influences and how they give that extra helping hand every day. If you'd like to follow me, please go to my Facebook, which is Gail Louise Turner or on my Instagram, which is Gail GLT. Each episode of the Helping Hands podcast will be having an accompanying Spotify playlist with my guest musical influences. This can be found under Helping Hands podcast playlist on Spotify. Now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. So welcome into the Helping Hands podcast today. I've got Denise Lawson from um, Nantwich. How are you, Denise? And um, welcome. Welcome to the show. So please explain to me who you are and and where you come from. Hi, um, it's nice to be on the show. I'm Denise Lawson. Um, I originate from South Africa and we moved across here 20, 21 years ago to start a new life for the family. And in the process, we've bought a bookshop and turned it into a bookshop coffee lounge and there you have it well wow, that's that's so amazing I mean I know um and thank you very much for looking after me through the years so I, I have visited your coffee shop before on a Friday evening and we've had little chats and I've, I've, I've come to have a look at the uh, the bookshop and had lots and lots of coffee and tuna sandwiches and uh, a few cakes in the past so thank you for that but what I'd like to to know um, and ask you today is to find out about your life story. I'd like to know how you got from South Africa to, to Nantwich. All right, so 21 years ago, we were still living in South Africa. Steve, my husband and I worked together. We had sort of, we were small fish in a huge pond and where we used to sell spares to the domestic appliance spares to the trade. And... Um, within a year, both his business and my business went under because of the economic climate in South Africa. And we had to make a decision. We had a three-year-old daughter and a newborn, and we had to do something to start a new life. And unfortunately, with the economy as it was going in South Africa and affirmative action, which I'm all for, we just needed to start a new life. I would find work my husband wasn't part of the affirmative action, so it would have been really difficult bringing up two children. So we decided, with Steve being British, that we'd move across here. He came across in the February, and he spent three months looking for work. The girls and I stayed behind. We had two daughters. One is now 24 and one is 22. So we stayed behind and our lives carried on as normal nothing really changed well Steve wasn't there but I still worked and then um, when he found work in Newcastle under Lyme working for a company that sold um, CCTV to the trade he decided it's time for us to come across we moved over um, we found a place to stay in Burton and things were fine for the first year and then he was made redundant and he had to find something some work and he was standing in Nantwich Square the one day and he'd sort of gone through businesses for sale and he saw that the bookshop was up for sale but while watching it 
he would see at lunchtimes the doors would close and it would say closed and the staff were stopping for lunch and he thought this can't be right so he got hold of the owners and said look um, I'm quite happy to come and work and just volunteer and stay open over the lunch period because this is when people buy books and with him learning a little bit about the business he decided that he was going to buy this and he bought it and we've been here ever since. So whereabouts is it located in Nantwich so people can find you? The It is directly on the square. It's one of the lovely black and white Tudor buildings. You can't miss us. We now have a huge big gazebo outside as well and with sign writing. And yet you come into town and we're right there in the middle of the square. Steve has obviously um, have come over here to, to Nantwich and Cheshire and researched the bookshop and it's, and it's caught his eye. But tell me um, where the actually idea um, came to, to sort of um, have the book, bookshop and the, the coffee lounge. Um, what, what was the inspiration behind that? When we first took over the building, um, downstairs was bookshop. Upstairs was just storage. What, what you see is the now original coffee shop that we started was just storage. And my girls being five and two absolutely loved it up here because there were huge big boxes and they could just come and hide in here. And then we decided, you know, we're paying rent for the whole building. So we might as well make the building pay help pay the rent and and I wasn't really involved in setting up the coffee shop those years because I had my own jewelry shop in Baldwin's Gate but him and his uh, mum and sister set up the coffee shop upstairs so we only had what we what's upstairs we had the barista station upstairs in the kitchen and then the two um, areas with the seating that's how we started with the coffee shop eventually they decided, well, we're going to do alfresco dining. So we applied for a license and had the tables put outside. So we were the first ones in Nantwich to do the outside dining. A little bit later, we decided, well, shall we integrate books and coffees? So we brought tables in downstairs and we've just grown and grown from there. And then during the pandemic, when we couldn't serve inside, um, we decided to buy the gazebo. In fact, the Methodist Church lent us their gazebos at first to see if it would work. And then um, with it working, we decided to invest the money and buy one outside. So when there was lockdowns, we could do takeaways. And if it was raining, people could stand and wait for their takeaways out there. And we had a lovely trestle table outside with the cakes and everything. So yeah, we just keep evolving i'm trying to take myself back to the beginning of lockdown two years ago to try and remember what nantwich was like and try and remember what the the layout that you're describing and i can remember um and how it brought people to um the local community and it was such a good idea for, for you both to suggest that and did it actually um affect trade or did it bring people closer together do you think having it outside and takeaway people closer together you know on the bookshop side we never had a website so we created a website and then because it was such a nice summer at the very very beginning of lockdown 
Steve and a few of the staff recycling out and delivering books to people. People loved it. And even now they say, oh, we remember when you cycled out and brought the books to us. And, you know, that was such a good time. And then people standing outside waiting for their drinks started chatting people who wouldn't have chatted before so yeah I think it was good and yet the times were tight but it's what it is and you just get on with it don't you no and it sounds you had like a, a great plan in place there to to deal with all of the changes and things but I mean I like the fact that people were still chatting and and they they, they, they went with what was going on they went with the change and they still enjoyed their coffee and cake and I think that's so important so so a typical bookshop then, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued now to, to about the layout. So when your customers and friends and family walk into the bookshop, what's the layout? What, how have you decided to lay out the bookshop to invite them? And, and what sort of order are they in? And what makes them go to each section? What is the attraction there? Okay, so what we do is obviously you walk in and before you see tables and chairs, you've got the front table full of books that are sort of new, newly in so that we can try and get people to sell them, I mean, to buy them. At Christmas time, we had all signed copies on that table because that's when people want to buy lovely hardback signed copies. So we've got all of that there. So, you know, that very first site that you have of the bookshop is books on a table. And then as you go around, you'll see we've got cooking. And then after that, we have our travel, autobiographies. Then there's war, yeah, military, um, history. Those now, military and history are our best selling. So why we've got them in the middle of the shop is where people can sit and look up and see. And we sell a lot from people sitting in the coffee shop because at that point, you can see um, chairs and tables for you um, to eat at then you carry on and you've got the sciences and then there's a children's section in the corner and our paperback fiction is on the opposite side of the children's fiction and it's a small section because if you look at the national multinationals across the road you know you can buy two for one we're still paying the full price that you would, we, you know, so it's pointless having a brand new paperback that you can buy at half price across the road, with, which is less than what I bought it for. So we have a small section there. And then you move down into self-help, art, poetry, classics, and then sport right by the front counter, because that's what people like to browse at. A lot of people like to buy sports books as well. Well, history and military first, mm, and yes. then sport I is thought... a like, like it's like the sweetie counter. Very interesting. I I think that's quite interesting because I mean you do when people talk about Nantwich, they do talk about the the history of Nantwich and um the the local community and and everything that happened there. That the, and obviously the battles Nantwich. It's very very interesting that people do to actually come and see that. So what services do you offer in the Nantwich bookshop then? Well, we order books in. Because we're a fairly small bookshop, we can't keep everything. So what we've got is normally current. I mean, you can imagine that there are thousands and thousands of books printed every year. So we can't keep old books here. But we can order directly from the 
publishers. And within a day or two, we can get whatever books you're looking for if they're still in print. So that's a really, really good service that we offer. Um, we do takeaways. So that's a nice service as well that people don't really know about. So if you don't want to sit in, we do do the takeaway service as well for food and drink. Do your customers and friends ever, ever um, buy a book from you and actually sit there reading it while they're eating their food and um, get, get, uh, get stuck in the action of, of, of the book and what's going on and, and maybe sit there for hours? Have you ever seen that? We do, but we try and trivy people up because especially now with all the social distancing, we can't have somebody sitting with one coffee and a book. Um, so, you know, well, if, if you buy one or two more and it's just business now um, that we have to think about as well, because if I've got somebody taking up a seat for three hours and they're only having a coffee at three pound, that seat isn't paying for itself. Um, however, I love the British public because once they've taken a book off the shelf and they've taken it to their table because they've had it there's an inclination to buy. If you leave it on the shelf, you may not buy it, but once you've taken it with you, even if you think I may not want it, generally people do buy the book. No, I, and I, I can see that. So um, talking to your customers, customers then and having that longer conversation with them, if you can while they're there um, over a coffee, um, have you got to know your customers and, and what they're looking for? And, and have, have you met any inspirational people and customers? Um, yes, we we actually know our customers really, really well. Um, but, you know, we've been here for all this time. And you know when somebody walks in, you know which book they're looking for. And if something comes in, you'll say, oh, I've just had this book and would you like to have a look at it? And it's, it's these little touches being in an independent bookshop that we all know what people want. Sometimes we get it wrong. But I would say 95% of the time, if we've seen a book and we know a customer and we point it out to them, they walk out with that book. That Well, that's a positive sign. Obviously, that's, that's something that I'd like to see with, with that smile on the face and walking out that book. And then maybe they're thinking, where, where am I going to go next? And where shall I, where shall I read this book? And where, where will the book take me? So do you support local um, talent then? So when you're recruiting your staff, I know I've popped my head in quite a few times in the years. Um, and I've seen lots of um, your your members of staff and, and things like that. Do you actually um, recruit local talent or do you go further afield for your, your recruitment? Because there's so many different people going in and out of that bookshop. We're, we're strong supporters of local authors. Um, I would say of our events that we do, we have 50, 50%, 50% of them are local authors who've come in and we've said, yeah, come on, let's try it. Um, and so, and then because we work hand in hand with the publishers, there will be a few other books that we do publish. I mean, not that we publish, that we get them to the authors to come and see us. But I think we are probably one of the biggest supporters of local authors our feeling is if they're here and they're supporting us, why shouldn't we be supporting them? And because of Nantwich, the way they are, all the, our customers like to support the local authors as well. So we had a customer who'd been coming to us for years and years and years. We've watched their children, her children grow up and we found out by mistake that she was a prolific author. And we now have her books on the shelves. 
Um, in fact, we've got somebody coming in on the 9th of February who lives in Market Drayton. And she's had a lovely book published and she's going to do her event here as well. So how, how does your events work then on the night? So um, do you put um, food on or is the wine or they, do they do selected talks and read passages? How does your events work with, with celebrating your local authors? Well, we have... Um, finger snacks so if you go to an event and when people come for the first time they all come and they say oh we didn't know there was that much food because they say whenever they've been to events um it's been crisps and peanuts and a talk well we have in our ticket price we charge for a nice finger buffet so you don't need to eat again once you've been here you also, in generally in the price of the book, of the ticket, you get the book with it as well. And then the doors open half an hour before you get your food, you get your, there'll be a cash bar, you buy your drinks, and then you can sit down. And then the author will start within half an hour and talk about the book or do a book reading. And that normally lasts for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. After that, we have question and answer. And then if you want the book to be signed, we have the author sitting there signing the books for us. So that's so interesting that you are you are getting to meet all these these influential people and these authors. It, it must be such an honour to do that because obviously you've come from South Africa and things are obviously different then. You've come to this um, um, South Cheshire and meeting all these people. How do you feel getting involved in all this in your own little business, South Africa? What, what does um, it feel like for you to get involved in that kind of thing in your own business it is it is lovely um because i would say because we don't just support the local authors we've got customers in the bookshop also need support you know we've got people who suffer with dementia and people who are lonely and they come into the shop and they're there and we talk to them um and it is it it's just it you come to work and you feel great 100% of the time because of being involved with Nantwich as a whole and it, it really is a nice feeling you know when you've had an author so the book is Pippa and Clara and it's Diana Rosie she's coming and she's thrilled to bits that she's going to come and do her talk here um, and that we wanted to have her come and see us and spend time you know and our customers are thrilled that we've got her coming with this lovely book it is set in the second world war and it's just going to be a lovely lovely evening once again tell me a little bit more of um your story and your journey from obviously south africa to nantwich in the bookstop um if you can tell me a little bit more about that that'd be amazing steve and his family started here and then i um had a jewelry shop and i moved into nantwich and there was a flood and it was at the time of the sort of banking crisis that jewellery was a, it wasn't a necessity, it was a luxury. So we decided that we'd close that business and we would concentrate on the bookshop. And then I got involved with the coffee shop side of things more than Steve did. And we created, I think, what we've got now. And it's a, it's a really nice workable thing that we've got. Um, we started doing supper clubs in the evening. So once a month, we would have a set menu, a three-course set menu, and 
people would book to come in and then you would be served your lovely meal and we would sometimes theme it set it on a book theme the one time we did it in, on the great Gatsby and we all dressed up um one evening we had an author talking about decoding black the black box on an airplane so we decided to dress up as air hostesses and we served food in tin foil with on a trolley and we had such fun so you know they all these lots of little things that we've been doing um since the pandemic we haven't gone into going back to doing the indoor catering in the evenings anymore but we may reconsider that you know our book book events are doing really really well and we started doing more book events that we never used to do we used to have an author arrive on a Saturday morning with a bunch of books and sit in the front and sign books and then you try and collar people to meet the author and buy a book it didn't work as well as us having the events here now so I've got a really good team of people working for me everybody knows what they're doing what's lovely is like I said earlier on you know we know what's on the shelves all our staff are able to if, if you said to them oh I want a, a book on gemology they know where to go and have a look for the book so it is really really nice it's nice and so you events and primarily they they are at night then aren't they um they are so yeah. people can attend after work and that kind of thing absolutely well, with, with any event and any um, special occasion, I always think music is the perfect addition to, to an event or one's life story, as it were. So I'm going to take you now to your Spotify playlist, which is going to accompany this podcast episode. So um, if, if your listeners want to find it, they need to go to Spotify and look for um, Gail GLT84. And your, your, your playlist, accompanying playlist is... Gail Louise Turner, Helping Hands Podcast Playlist, Denise Lawson, Nantwich Bookshop and Coffee Lounge. I'm going to ask you now, you've got um, six fantastic songs here that you've chosen. So I'm going to ask you why you've chosen them and what sort of memories do they hold to you dearly? So, for example, the first one would be I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash. Where Where is the inspiration for that one come? Well, that was the very, very first seven single that I bought living in South Africa as a young girl. Now, I'm not too sure how many of the people listening today will know what a seven single is. Um, and But yeah, so that, that's what it is. It was the first record I bought, and it was just a small, small little pressing of just a single. And it's always, always resonated with me. I just love that. As I'm sure a lot of people I used to sing, I can see clearly now all popsicles have gone my way, you know, so, um, so that, that's the reasoning behind that one being the very, very first record I bought when I was younger. Wow. And I always think the first record that you bought is quite special as well. I think it's so important that really, really good. And, and, and I guess you always remember the reason why you bought it and the, the sort of feelings that come with it. So, um, so your second choice then, and I absolutely love this, and I think it's quite um, poignant and quite a nice thing to choose. So Meatloaf and Bat Out of Hell, why have you chosen this one? Well, when I met Steve, he was playing rugby at a rugby club in Durban in South Africa. And he always used to play Bat Out of Hell to psych himself up. And I think it was just sort of, 
our sort of meeting days and going out days. So that, that's what it's all about. I love Meatloaf. I'm very sad that he passed away, but um, do love all of his songs. But that is just the one that always reminds me of meeting Steve. So it's not, yes, I mean, obviously with the sad news of Meatloaf this, this week, and I think he was such an iconic figure and um, his songs are so memorable. It's it's just so amazing. And I'm, I'm glad you like that song. It's, it's It sounds like a real memory for you, really. It is. It's lovely. And, do you know, um, Steve and I, a few years ago, had the were fortunate enough to go and see him live in Manchester. And he was such a showman. He was absolutely fabulous. Really, really pleased we got to see him. And I um, absolutely love the, the next choice. You've chosen Avalon and Roxy Music. Why, why actually, have you actually chosen this one? Purely because I love it. There's nothing fancy or anything I just love that song I like Roxy music but that one if my kids ask you they'll always say oh you've got to play Avalon mum loves Avalon I just it's just one of those things I love it so do your children um share the same music taste as you do they listen to your music they do you know um I think as you can see I've got quite an eclectic choice in songs here and they they have that as well so they know old music and they know newer music so and they do they they enjoy a lot of the stuff that we do and in fact I overheard them listening to um, Red Light Spells Danger the other day and I thought oh that was my mum's favorite song you know so it's all these things that it, it just gets passed on from generation to generation doesn't it yeah, and I think it's beautiful when you do when you do remember them songs and you do like you say the eclectic music taste and the song choices, your your friends remember it or your family and you've all got that that kind of shared memory and it's really really nice. But um, yeah. I must admit I really like your next choice because I would definitely agree with this one. Um, big fan of these. Not heard um, some of their songs for years, but you've chosen um, Aha and Take on Me. Such a great eighties track. Why have you chosen this one? I think it was probably one of the very, very first music videos I saw. We only got television in South Africa, I think, in about 1979. But this, the video that goes with that song just blew me away. And for years and years, I tried to remember it. And then one day I thought, that's what it, and it was the video and the viewing of the video that just made me love it so much. And, you know, every year you watch best videos of um, songs and it always wins, doesn't it? So there must be something because it's quite an old record and the video is quite old and yet it still wins prizes for being the best. That's really, really, really good point. And I think, you know, when you listen to music or playlists or CDs and things, when you buy them, there's always an aha song on it. And primarily it is that one. It's it's such a, a really, really good choice. I agree with you there. Um, now, this is an unusual song, which which you're going to have to explain to me the rationale around this one. So um, Claire de Lune, Claude Debussy. Wow, Debussy. Not many people ask for Debussy. So that is a very good choice. So So why have you chosen Debussy? I like classical music. I like opera. I just find that is such a peaceful song and piece of music. And that's why I love that. I'm just hoping that I've got the right one. Um, I should have listened earlier on as well. But I think it is what I what I think it should be. But if, if it, yeah, I got my daughter to help me with this. So if it is the correct Claire de Lune, 
it's just because it is just a lovely, lovely piece of classical piano playing. So do you like, like you said, you like the, the classical and, and what is it about the piano that you like? Well, it's not because I'm musical, because I, I can't hold a tune. I think it's just the peacefulness of it all. And it's just, there's, there's so much there's so much that goes on with it it's just lovely and I think it's a really difficult piece to play I've been told so I mean it's just beautiful so your last choice now so I'm glad you've chose this because Queen is one of the most um most popular groups most um sensational and most inspirational groups of all time so you've chosen uh Bohem Rhapsody by Queen what what um this is your last choice and perhaps one of one of the best what why have you chosen that one I've chosen that because it's sort of like a, a signature Queen tune. I've always loved Queen music. Um, and I recall before they were very famous that I had posters of Freddie Mercury on my wall where he was wearing these platform shoes and sparkly outfits. And, you know, so it's just I've always, always loved every single track that they've played. Um, and I get that from my mum as well, because she she loved their music. My biggest regret is that many, many years ago, I had the opportunity to go and see Queen at Sun City in South Africa, and I couldn't get there. And, you know, probably the biggest regret I've had is that I couldn't go and see them live, because that would have been absolutely amazing. And I think the tickets cost about a fiver those days ago. Wow, that's amazing! Five pound. Wow, that 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 is a real shock because they, they obviously are such a great band and powerful. That is a real shame not being able to to see them. So I um I really really do like your music choices and and at your events are you able to play music and things like that to accompany the, the events and make them even more special? We we don't play music at the events because we um you know we're focusing on the author, you know, so we don't want to distract from that. So like in the bookshop, it's all quiet and just chatter. So as much as I love music, we don't do too much in the way of music at all. That's good. So I, I'm obviously I can, I can understand where you're coming from, from the music. So going back to you then as a person, um, who are your influences um, and what have you learned from them as a person? I'm going to be really boring. My mum and dad, um, hardworking people, honest people, Christian people. And I would say a lot of what I am is because of what they, they taught us. And I've hopefully passed that on to my children. And I know it's just, yeah, I don't need any other heroes. They, they, they're fabulous. Now, I'm looking at the television um, side of this now, and I hope you can help me with this, because I know you do have a lot of um, inspirational books, uh, literature and stories in your, in your bookshop, because I've walked in. But if you were to um, talk about television in, in a um, conversation with your customers, um, do they tell you about any any interesting programs that they have watched or do you tell them of any programs that you have um, you can recommend because I always think that's a really really good um, to talking point in like um, a very very professional relationship with with your customers and clients have you ever had them types of conversations are you just saying oh, about books that have inspired and 
that yes. customers have spoken about yeah so so like books and television because i know um customers are in obviously they've come into the bookshop to look for books and um uh, they also look at the the television programs as well. Have have you got any of of them favourites, and have they got any of them favourites that they chat to you about? Um, yes, they do. Obviously, when Bridgerton was a big success, everybody wanted to read Bridgerton. At the moment, on Netflix, there's The Witcher. So I've had quite a few people coming in recently asking about The Witcher. You know, so people do they come in and ask about books that have been sort of adapted for television um, and they want to read what's going on. I've just, believe it or not, watched um, uh, The Discovery of Witches and I want to, I think it's Diane Harkness is the author and I can't wait to read that trilogy of books now. And I'm sure we'll find that quite a few people who are watching that would like to watch, you get the books as well. Where would the customers find that sort of book? These will be under non Where are you going to read? Are you going to read it at home or somewhere on your travels? First of all, I have to correct it. It's not non-fiction. It is fiction, all ah, the books. Okay. <laughs> I'm going mad today. Anyway, so I think a lot of these people would take away and read on holiday. Um, but then we have avid readers, obviously, and people will just make sure that they've got books to read in the evenings and at home. And if it, if they're anything like myself or Catherine, and I've got one or two others who love reading. So rather than watching television, we'll sit at home reading books rather. That's really good though, because um, my, my thoughts around that, you're already working with the books, but you still want to go home and read the books. That's really, really positive. Do you find that helps you by reading books at home? It's real escapism, isn't it? Um, I read something somewhere that the beauty of books is that every reader will read the same words, but they'll imagine different scenarios, different actors. And that's what, what is so lovely about books, because even though the words and the covers are the same, each one of us who reads a book will see a completely different story with different actors and different scenarios and houses and settings. And that's what's so lovely about reading. That that has inspired me by what you're saying about the escapism there and all the different characters, because you could open a book and you could you could view it very, very different to everybody else. So I'm so glad you see that as um, as a positive thing. So so going back to the initial discussion about the layout of your bookshop, I know you sell maps and travel books. Have you got any travel plans for the future? Um, would you go back to South Africa or would you go around the world or is there anywhere else you'd like to visit? Because you've got all these books in your books store which are inspiring you. Have you have you ever thought about going anywhere else uh, than Nantwich? Well, we do. We try, um, because my family still live in South Africa, we do try and go back every two years. And funny enough, we flew out in February, just before the pandemic, and we flew back just in time before lockdown. So we were very, very fortunate that I could we could visit the family. Um, then obviously we've not really traveled too much in the last two years. Uh, we love going to Portugal, love going to Spain, but we keep going a little bit further afield to see different parts of Europe. We've been to America and um, 
next year we'll probably travel back and go and visit the family in South Africa. In fact, my mum's coming this weekend, so she's going to visit for a bit, and then we'll travel back in a year's time to go back to South Africa. But we do try and get somewhere else other than South Africa at least once a year. Because how how much better can you learn about a country than going there? Um, I think. Um, Austria was the last place I went to with my daughter, and that was fabulous. So what did you like about Austria? I, I just, I think it's the history that was there, and they serve Eichbein, which is lovely. Um, and it, I, it, I think maybe it was just, sometimes you just need a break. But it was just lovely there, and people are friendly, and it's it's clean, and I just liked it. That's really good. So, what is the 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 best thing about uh, working in the bookshop? And really, what I'm trying to find out is what actually helps you um, to be happy. Really, what do you think actually helps you to be happy and working in a bookshop? What what what, what would you say to that? Do you know the funny thing is, um, I think it's the people who come into the shop and not necessarily only the bookshop when they're coming into the coffee shop like I said earlier on we have a lot of lonely people and who come here because they feel comfortable they're comforted coming in here um, and it's it's just nice that we're doing that for people you know we have there's a gentleman who comes in four or five times a day and he comes and he reads his paper and he feels safe here. We've got another one who comes in. Um, he always arrives at two o'clock, orders exactly the same thing, sits in the same chair, sleeps for half an hour, has a coffee and then goes home. But that's the only conversation he has is when he comes here. you know. And I think that's the real joy of coming into the shop because so many people come in because of what we are how friendly people are and they feel welcome and they feel wanted and it's a really nice feeling that 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 is so nice and I think unfortunately that does happen in society where people don't have anybody to talk to so um I've never seen that man in your shop because I haven't been in there when he, he he's actually been in there but it's such a nice thing that you do offer that and he feels safe coming to you. I think that is such a positive sign. I've had over the years when mums have come into the, oh, it was my daughter here. And I say, yes, she's sitting upstairs. She says, oh, thank goodness. Because I've always told them, come, or even their sons, come, if you don't feel comfortable, come sit in the bookshop and you'll be okay. You know, so it's not just the elderly, it's the youngsters as well. People come in here, they feel safe, and it is a really, really nice feeling in a shop. And I and um, I remember the last time I walked in, I think it was earlier this year, and um, I'll always say this, it's a little bit like, do you remember the children's programme, Mr. Ben, when they would walk into a shop and the doorbell would go and you'd get that and he would transform into another character? I've walked into your door um coming for a book or a coffee and cake and a tuna baguette and the door has this distinctive sound and it's like you're going into another world do you ever feel like that do you use your imagination and feel i'm walk I'm walking into another world 
I, I'm hoping that the other that the customers feel that because we've been coming through that door so often. But yes, it's just you know it's it's not home, but it is home. If that makes any sense to you? No, it does. You know, it we're does. coming in off the street, and ah, oh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, that's yeah. I can't say any more about that. No, but, um, on the back of that, though, I was going to ask you, because I know you um, obviously have the, the coffee lounge. If you were walking in your shop as a customer and in, in a different um, sense, for example, what would your um, what book would you like to read? And what would you order off your menu to sit down and eat whilst you were reading your book and having your own time? OK, so I would probably let's have a look. Um, I'd probably take a frivolous book from the fiction section, you know, um, because that's quick and easy to flip through and read. Um, that or anything to do with upcycling or gardening or even cooking. So those are my things that I would like to flip through. As far as ordering off the menu, at the moment, my favourite is the bacon, brie and cranberry ciabatta. And then we also do amazing soups and we do a new one every single day because everything is made on the premises and made to order. So it's all fresh. And that's what people are looking for, that home cook, fresh meal where they can try yeah. food and, and sit down and choose um, a um, up and coming book or an old classic like Shakespeare or um, like you said, you, you've, you've got um, some great fiction books and, and I really, really like that. So what I'd like to know now, um, looking at the local community and, and people who work for you and things like that, who are who are the people who knock on your door and, and ask um, for work? Who, what are the what? Um, because, as you say, you love coming there. Um, and of course, people are coming to work there. What sort of people do you have working for you? Well, there we have a real mix of people working for us. So um, we employ locals, we employ youngsters as well. And in fact, I've got somebody who's really young who works in the kitchen because during the lockdown, she sent out an email saying, look, I've started my own Instagram account during lockdown and I want to become a chef and I want to open my own restaurant in France called the mum in and I said you know that this young girl's quite young how do you feel so she works for four hours on a Sunday in the kitchen and she produces the most amazing food so she knows exactly what she's going to become in life we've got um I, I've got graduates uh, uh, and then I've got housewives I've even got the mayor of Nantwich working for me this year. I mean, he's been working for me for a long time, but he's the mayor this year. So yeah, we have a real mix of people working for us. Well, I guess the mayor has got some quite good stories to tell about what he gets up into um, in the in the local community. It, well, I mean, you've got so many interesting people working for there. I mean, you must have so many amazing conversations with them. Sorry, say that again. I was I was just saying. Um, it, the mayor must have so many fantastic stories to tell you about um, what's happening in, in the local community. And it's so nice that um, you are looking at um, and people are coming to you for work and enjoy it. I, I find that such a, a positive ro role model there. Do you, do you agree with me? 
I think so, yeah. I, I may be a little bit difficult to work for sometimes, but um, once you've left here, you think for yourself and you've gained a lot of experience. And a lot of my staff have been here for years and years and years. And, you know, in the sort of catering trade, six months is sort of the turnaround of staff. I've had people here who've been here for 12 years, so we must be doing something right. I mean, like you say, you are working with, with, with um, lots of different um, employees. You've got the local community. You've got the guests who come in. You've got the local events. There is a lot going on, and it's a great thing for people to put on their CV, isn't it? And I think, it like, is. yeah, and, and you are retaining the staff, and that's and that's really, really good. Has lockdown changed the way you do things? I know you mentioned, uh, mentioned it a little bit um, earlier, but has lockdown changed things for you? Well, yes, it has, you know, um, we've obviously started, we, we reduced tables indoors um, and we, we're a lot stricter about wiping tables. So prior to lockdown, we would wipe tables, but I think it, it wasn't as vigorous as what we're doing it now. And, you know, the menus are wiped, everything is clean, the seats are clean. We've also got the social distancing. So the one room we used to have eight tables, we now have four in there. And we're going to leave it as such because with the gazebo outside, what we've lost upstairs and downstairs, we've now gained outside. So the table, the seating that we've lost, we, we've picked up again. So we're back to what we were prior to COVID. Um, I think all our sanitizing and wiping is really positive. And we've had a lot of people say, oh, soon you'll be able to stop doing this. And I'm thinking, why? You know, let's keep it up because people feel comfortable. They know the table's clean. They know the menus are clean. And we do have our sort of green fork, orange fork system that we're using, which is something we never used to use. So you could come down, sit down and be overlooked quite easily. Now with this system, if there's a green fork on your table, it means you haven't been seen to and that table is sanitized and the waitress or waiter who's working in the area will come and take your order. Once the order's been taken, we swap the green fork for an orange fork and nobody else can sit at that table until that table's been sanitized and there's a green fork back on there. We also never ever had um, a maitre d', so we now have somebody seating people. So slowly but surely, where we only had three waiting on staff working in a day, we've got three waiting on, three runners and a maitre d'. So our staffing has doubled um, since, lockdown which is good because that's more people employed in the town and and that's obviously we need that with the the local community and um and the changes with covid because i think things are going to change now but it's it's nice to see that you are keeping up with the health and well-being and and um the the cleanliness of things um just as an add-on from that though i mean um looking at your menu we are in january now and um people are flocking to you still um are they choosing healthier um things off the menu or are they still in christmas mode and party mode and choosing um 
like you say, the uh, the paninis, is there any healthier options for people who who are into health and well-being and obviously going forward from January into February, this is what people are looking for? Um, I think we're a bit shocking with having a healthy menu because we used to have salads and everything. Um, but because it's so busy, we've had to reduce our menu. So... I would say, look, you, there are things like omelettes that are fairly healthy that you can have. Um, and our sandwiches, not, there, there isn't anything with a lot of fat or anything in it. So, yeah, you know, our menu is not bad at all. Um, maybe the, when you have like this toasted cheese, that, that, that's probably one of the unhealthiest that we have because we put so much cheese filling on the toasties. But in general... I would say people are just having what what we've got, and I think I think that's nice that they've they've, they've got the choice they can they can indulge or they or they can go for healthier and they can actually have the one. I think that's part of choosing their own food and 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 having that treat. I think it's so important for 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 people's happiness. Um, I know we're going into the new phase of of lockdown now and um you're going to continue your cleanliness and things like that is there anything else you any new rules you're going to put in place for your customers and staff that we need to know about that that as a customer we're coming in will we still have to wear masks and things like that or will it be removed um uh, as of this week well we, we as i said we're going to carry on with sanitizing we're going to keep the chairs and tables separated I have said to the staff that we are going to carry on wearing masks for the meantime. You know, we don't know what other viruses are, or what other COVID viruses are on their way. And, you know, we couldn't afford to close down because we're not wearing masks and we're not sanitizing tables. And I know a lot of people have said, oh, well, the masks just stop you from passing on COVID. However, in the two years with the lockdown and us working with customers all the time, none of us have picked up a, a coronavirus in the shop. We've had staff come in from out, um, having gone out and brought the virus in, but we haven't spread the virus in the shop and I think it's because we are so strict with our personal sanitization sanitizing the tables so when the time comes the customers can decide whether they want to wear masks or not but we're going to carry on wearing for for the foreseeable future and it, that's just the way it is because that still brings comfort to customers coming in that you know we're not breathing over them because when we've serving things we have to bend across the customers none of us have two meter arms to deliver things so i think we're just going to carry on as we are yes and i think i think that's quite a positive thing that you are you are you are still adhering to the the rules and things like that even though we're, we're with all the changes so that's very that's very positive that you're looking after yourself and others there so i'm just intrigued then because i know we're going to go into this um this new stage of covid where 
we won't be wearing the mask. It would be interesting to see. And obviously we've got to bear with all the possible new viruses going and that might happen, that might not. But um, have you got any future plans ahead? I know you were talking about travel earlier, but actually for the, the bookshop, and um, there must have been so many changes through the years, but have you got any more changes or anything you want to do to the bookshop or anything that you want to do personally um, to make yourself happy and, and to move along with the times? I think at the moment, um, and it, it's difficult to say, oh, well, let's in five years' time, we're hoping that the bookshop would have achieved X, Y, and Z, because you're not too sure what the changes are. Um, we, we've done a lot of adapting in the last two years, and I think we're quite happy with how we are at the minute. However, if there's something, a sort of eureka moment in the next three months or next week, then we'll discuss it and we'll change things and go move on from there. I mean, we've just, um, outside of the gazebo, we, we've just put covers around the front, which is a change because we only had 50% of the gazebo covered. We've now enclosed it and we, I mean, you've still got space to walk through and you've got an open to the element space door, entrance, but it's a little bit warmer in there. We bought a little bit more heating just so that people who don't want to come in can sit outside. So that, that, that's been something that we did in the last week because we just thought, well, let's see where this can take us. So we bought clear covers so that you can still see into the bookshop, um, but customers wanting to sit outside are warm enough, but they've still got the outside feeling. Um, other than that, there's not much that we've sort of sat down and thought this is what we'd like to do. We will carry on trying to do more book book events and everything like that. And maybe we'll reintroduce our supper clubs once a month. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? Well, that sounds so interesting. You've obviously you thought about what's um, up and coming in the future and you're still adhering to all the rules and regulations with with the, the COVID-19 pandemic, because really I don't think anybody else knows what, what's going on there. And you've achieved so much in, in such a, a short period of time. But um, what would be, and this is going to be your last question now, what um, piece of advice would you give to the, the local community if you, if you had that sort of um, inkling? What would you say to everybody around you as a bookshop owner? I think try and meet challenges. Um we are can-do people you know we could at the beginning of the pandemic we could have said oh woe is me there's nothing we can do but you can do anything you can put your mind there I know for some people it is difficult and not everybody can do the same but you know try and be positive try and see it for what it is it's a worldwide thing, the pandemic that we've just gone through and people have survived it. And I know there've been really, really sad stories that have gone by, but if you can be positive, be positive, push yourself to your limits. And it's amazing what you can achieve. Well, that was a very positive um, affirmation there. And I agree with you. That's so that's that's the, the, the kind of advice that anybody wants to wants to um, hear, especially in the uncertainty that we we, we are at the moment. So um, I know where you're based in Nantwich um, in South Cheshire. Um, 
and um, crew and Nantwich constituency. But where where can people follow you um, if they want to follow you on social media and, f and find and come and visit you? Okay, so first of all, physical address, we 46 High Street, Nantwich, CW5, 5AS. Then we're also, we have a Facebook presence, which is Nantwich Bookshop. There are two pages during the pandemic. Um, our admin status was taken away from our first page. So if you have a look and there's a page that hasn't had any updates for years, go to the new one. So there's one Nantwich Bookshop and Coffee Lounge and Nantwich Bookshop. We're also on Twitter at, and I think it's at Nantbook. And then we have an Instagram page as well. Soon we may have a Telegram page. A telegram page where would where would, how would that work that sounds amazing well that yeah that's uh, i don't have do you are you on telegram no i'm not no it's a lot of people are on it um and i've i i've my mum she, she's quite amazing with technology she invited me to telegram and that's just a way of it, it's similar to whatsapp where you can reach out to customers and friends and family so that's something I'm looking at getting a Nantwich bookshop telegram page for people to follow us but you have to keep putting things on there the same as Twitter and Instagram you know so it's just another outlet uh, that you can use lovely and as a final question um what have you got planned for this week for yourself and for the bookshop uh, well, on Monday night, that's just gone, we had an amazing book event that was um, a, a young man, Rob Pope, who wrote the book Becoming Forest. So he actually did the Forest Gump run across America. So that was wonderful. Um, we've got just we're just going to plot along for the rest of the week because it was such a big event on Monday night that we had um, and then we, we're going to try and do at least one or two events but there's nothing else for this week just getting really really busy uh, as we have been and just yeah find whatever new books we've got put them on Facebook and advertise them and yeah just Go out with friends as well, have some dinner, talk about books. Now that's exactly what I'd like to hear, having that conversation about something positive and actually going out for food. I think that's my kind of evening. Well, thank you very much, Denise. That was absolutely fantastic getting to know you and all about your 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 bookshop well I'm, I'm sure we'll get to speak to each other again um and um all your listeners will be able to to see this um uh, and hear this podcast very very soon well thank you very much for your time and uh, enjoy the rest of the week thank you very, thank you very much, much you have a great week as well and thank you listeners thank you very much bye